You should have had it under contract, contract. You should have increased your price. But no, you didn't do that, do that. Because it made you think twice. If you hadn't been so greedy, greedy. You might still have bought that house. You want another chance. And you're not sure who's to blame. Gotta blame it on someone. Gotta blame it on someone. Blame it on your agent. Should have known the numbers. Blame it on the agent. What about that low ARV? Whatever you do, don't put that blame on you. Blame it on the agent. Yeah, yeah. Blame it on the agent. Yeah, yeah. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Giving you the strategies, techniques, and inside secrets of house flipping from today's top house flipping experts. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Yes, this is Justin Williams, the host of the House Flipping HQ podcast and the winner of the Worst Dad of the Year Award. Yes, last night was the Pinewood Derby for my son, his first ever Pinewood Derby. He was super excited, uh, thinking you know he was going to get out there and, and win, and his dad did not help very much with his car. Uh, not that I'm, I'm, you guys all know I'm not very handy anyway. You know, I flip 100 houses a year, but I'm not very handy. So didn't help him too much with this car. And I thought, hey, it looks cool. He's happy. He's making it himself. Awesome. You know, Tara with her power tools helped him cut it. We were set. We were good to go. And so we get there and he took last place like every single race. He did like six races in last place every time. And every time I look at his face, my wife and I, you know, he, you know, he tries not to show up, but we could just tell this look of sorrow on his face, and it was the saddest thing ever. So then, when the the judge is like calculating, you know, the brackets and who won and stuff, and who's gonna do race offs, uh, the his wife who was emceeing was trying to stall, and she's like, "Does anybody know like Millie Vanilli?" And of course, like you know, like the, a fool, I raise my hand and say, "Yeah, I do," because I, I do from when I was little. And so before I know it, I'm up there singing in front of everybody blame it on the rain like word for word and i'm blaming it on the rain that my son lost you know was losing uh lost every single race that night anyways pretty hilarious and made me realize how much this podcast has helped me so i just want to thank you guys for uh listening to me and <laughs> let me keep this going and it's really given me a ton of confidence i never would have gotten up in front of all those people and just saying out of nowhere, out of improv, like improv, impromptu, anyway, whatever the word is. So anyway, uh, thanks guys. That was pretty cool. Now, so speaking of my son, you know, he was really bummed afterwards. And lately we've been talking, I've been talking to him a lot about the same things I talked to you guys about how in life we're going to fail. We're going to have failures all the time. And, you know, it's just important that we try our best and then we try to improve. So we were talking about this a little bit and then some guys like, Hey, did you try graphite? So we put graphite on the wheels. And then his practice races, he was racing a bunch of the other kids. And he came in like second place out of four every time. 
Uh, so that, that got him pretty excited. And then we had a good talk on the way home about failing and failing forward and, and learning and growing that life is full of failures. And it doesn't matter if we fail because we're going to fail. But it matters that we take action, we make things happen, we go after our dreams, and that we improve from our mistakes. So anyway, that's something that I, I know I talk to you guys a lot about, and it's very true in your house flipping business. I mean, the things that people fear the most, I've been doing this long enough, people are afraid to contact agents, they're afraid to make offers, they're afraid to get in front of sellers, but those are the things that you have to do in this business to be successful. Either you or you have to get someone else doing that and make sure you're able to train them. And, and as you do those things, you are going to fail. Plan on failing. I'm trying to teach my mastermind group that be proud of your failures. Now, I'm not talking about failures where you lose you know, $50,000. That is bad. Don't try not to do that. But it's okay. You know, It's not a failure if you get a house under contract. I mean, if you make an offer and that offer doesn't get accepted, that is not a failure. You are learning from that. You know, People pay thousands and thousands of dollars to go to school and they don't make any money during that time. So are they failing? No, of course not. They're learning. So you got to have that mind hack. You know, you got to know that as you're taking this action, you're going to fail. So it's not in the fact, are you going to fail or not? That's not where your success in, in lies. It's do you keep going? And that is what will ultimately make you successful. Oh yeah. And next year, better watch out because I guarantee you Brogan and I are going to win that Pinewood Derby. Coming back with the vengeance, baby. <laughs> okay, so a couple other announcements before we get back to our amazing interview with Joe McCall. Uh, many of you guys know about the house flipping workshops, which I've been doing every few weeks or so. Um, you can go to houseflippinghq.com slash workshop to sign up for our next one, which is, let me see here, May 15th at six o'clock Pacific time, nine Eastern. I'm actually going to start doing those much less frequently so I can spend more time focusing on the content for our coaching and mastermind programs, but go ahead and, uh, you know, make sure you sign up for that and check that out. So kind of along those same lines, that used to be the only place that I would talk about my house been coaching and mastermind group, but we've had a lot of people inquire about it that haven't been able to be on those webinars. So what we've done is we've put together a sales page, an information page talking about the house flipping coaching and mastermind group. You can go to houseflippingmastermind.com and there's a beautiful video of myself um, and then a lot more information on the coaching and house fling mastermind group. So you can check that out there. And if you have any questions, feel free to shoot us an email at info at And we'll be happy to answer those for you. Okay, last of all, and something I'm really excited about and incredibly grateful for is we just secured our first sponsorship with none other than Michael Quarles and yellowletters.com. Now, I've had several people reach out to me who've wanted to sponsor the show, but it just hasn't been the right fit. Or a couple of them just haven't gone back to me and it's just been, you know, this this thing. Michael, I I just mentioned it to him and he's like, done, no problem, ready, wh whatever you want. I mentioned how many episodes, like, hey, sounds good. I, I just love the way Michael works. Um, he's kind of a no-nonsense type of guy. So I'm incredibly grateful to, to Michael and this, you know, stuff like this helps us keep this show going. So once again, thank you, Michael. I'm really looking forward to working with you. 
and really appreciate all the support. Many of you may remember Michael from episodes 26 and 27 and recall that he gave away a thousand letters free to to someone who is in great need um, and many business cards to others. And the guy just gives. He just really understands the abundance mentality. When, you know, Yellow Letters is the company that we use. You'll never hear me sponsor a company that we either don't use or I would highly recommend and feel that you find incredibly beneficial on the show. You'll never hear that. So, you know, we were using a different marketing company and, you know, we heard about yellowletters.com. We checked them out and we realized they were much less expensive. They knew way more about marketing. Michael is a real estate investor himself. So he gets the game. He gets what people need. He runs the numbers. Um, you know, many people I know, like Todd Toback and many other very well-known investors uh, use their services as well. So, we're incredibly uh, grateful and honored to be promoting them and be working with them and encourage you to to check them out. Go to yellowletters.com. And once again, Michael, in his generosity, is offering a 10% discount for anybody who mentions the code HFHQ for House Flipping HQ. So go ahead and give them a call up or contact them. Mention House Flipping HQ and you'll get 10% off your first order. And, you know, right now, direct marketing is kind of one of the main ways we're buying houses. Actually, the main ways is direct letters uh, to direct owners. And these guys are the best at it. So go check them out, yellowletters.com. We'll link up to that in the show notes as well. And you'll be hearing more about them in the future. And we're, we're very grateful and looking forward to working with them. All righty, tidy. With that, let's get back into uh, part two of our incredible interview with Joe McCall. If you have yet to listen to part one, head on back over to episode 38 first, listen to that, and then head back on over here. Um, let's do this, Joe. So, all right, nuts and bolts. Okay, so you've got all these VAs, you have this incredible marketing machine, all these people doing stuff for you. So where are you located again? Where, where do you do most of your deals? More St. Or Louis, less. Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. So you've got these these leads coming in. You, uh, okay, what happens after you get you get the call, they leave the voicemail, whatever. You get a motivated seller. How, what happens from there to, to closing? Let's talk through well, that. I, I like sending postcards to absentee owners. It's the simplest, easiest list to get. I also have specialty lists that I get of late taxes or evictions. Um, garage sales and estate sales and things like that. Um, but I like sending postcards. A lot of investors will send to postcards, send postcards to absentee owners who bought over 10 years ago because there's the chances is higher than having a lot of equity. I like to target absentee owners, investors that bought between two to 10 years ago because oh, they're largely ignored. And in the last two to 10 years, any investor that bought a house most likely paid cash. Um, so I like targeting that little area. Um, and I get a good response. So all of my calls on my direct mail goes to 24-hour recorded message. I put okay. in all my postcards, call my 24-hour recorded message. I even say, no one will answer. I've recorded a special message just for you. Oh, I like that. I like call that. Call this 24-hour. And so you'll, you consistently will get two to three times the calls <clears throat> wow, when you put really that smart. into your postcard. Very interesting. So my outgoing message is about three to four minutes long. You think, why on earth would you do it that long? Again, I've tested it, and I get more calls and I get more voicemails when I do that. So all the calls, all the calls go to voicemail. 
And um, they listen to my three to four minute long message. And I have the VA that I use. I use a VA to first call back all the ones who left a message. And he just asks about four or five questions, um, about actually five or six. Can first I back all, you up real quick? Yeah. Where do you go to get the 24-hour message? I mean, this is like a, a special place to go, right? Like well, to, to, I, to get I this like, set up? Yeah, there's a system called, I'm going to recommend two of them. The first okay. one is called Vumber with a V as in virtual. Instead of number, do Vumber, uh, Vumber.com. The cool thing about them is you can get ad additional phone numbers for only like a dollar fifty um, a month, maybe. And um, okay. so every campaign that I do, whether it's Craigslist or Direct Mail or Google or whatever, I have a different phone number which allows me to track my results. So okay. I know I look in, I, I if I have a yellow letter that goes to its own different local phone number, it's a virtual number, and I can set that virtual number up where it either goes to voicemail or it gets rerouted to my acquisition manager's cell phone or something. Got it. Most of the time I have it go right to voicemail. Okay. Okay. The lead goes into voicemail and Podio has a, what's called an email to app. So I can tell Vumber whenever you get a new voicemail, email that voicemail to the special Podio email and it creates a new seller lead in my CRM and it attaches okay. the voicemail to it. Okay. So my VA or my acquisitions team goes into Podio every day and there's a new task. They can see all of their tasks that have been assigned to them to call the new seller lead back. So if I get 20 okay. new seller leads, they get 20 tasks assigned to them. I hope you got go all this, Kale. Kale, this is your job description. So <laughs> I hope you got this. <laughs> so they go in and they, they see their 20 tasks. And they call those 20 sellers back. And I just give them a simple script of questions to ask. Hey, hey this is Mark, Chamberlain Holdings. Um, you called earlier. Uh, and You got one of our postcards. Uh, how you doing? And I like to ask this question. Um, did I call at a bad time? They usually will say, yeah. But there's, that's a good question to ask. Did I call at a bad yeah. time? Yeah. Well, do you have a house to sell, number one? Yes, yeah. I do. Okay, great. What's the address? Um, do you mind if I ask you a few questions about the house? just to get some basic information to see if this is something we'd be interested in. Okay. I'm reversing the roles there, right? Yeah. I'm the one, I'm the, I like to call it the I reluctant like buyer. I'm the reluctant buyer. So do you mind if we ask you a few questions to see if this is a house we would even be interested in? Now we're, you know, so now they're selling me on their house, right? So, okay, what's the address? And then I just ask them like, what do you think the house is worth? Um, what kind of condition is the house in? How quickly do you want to sell? What's your situation? Well, first I ask, what's your situation? Then how quickly would you like to sell? And then I'll say, um, the VA will ask, okay, well, how much cash do you want to walk away with at closing? Okay, that's it. And then I'll say, okay, well, listen, I'm going to give this information to my manager and we'll get back to you right away. Is that okay? Great. So we get those basic questions down and then that information gets put into Podio and then my whoever is going to call back that lead, whether it's my acquisitions manager that works with me or it's my other wholesaler that I'm outsourcing these leads to, a new task is created for them to call that seller back. And so I'm, I'm big on follow-up too. So that the wholesaler or the acquisitions team will call that seller back and say, you know, we'll either set up an appointment or, you know, that's what I try to get them to do. Go look at the house, set up an appointment, meet with the yeah. seller in person. Um, if and, you know, seven times out of 10, 
it's not a deal, not even close, but we sure. always send an offer to that seller anyway. So we okay. may offer 150, they may want 200, okay? So we're 50,000 apart, but I'm still gonna send them a letter and a contract, an offer for my 150 that I was offering on the phone approximately. So sometimes my acquisitions team will go ahead and make us, if the seller won't give us a number, then we'll make a soft pass offer. We'll say like, well, we might be able to offer something like 150. Is that going to work it. for you or not? If they say, yeah, maybe, then we'll set up an appointment and go meet with them. If they're okay. like, no, F you, get out of here. So we'll say, sorry to bother you. You know, We're not going to go meet that seller because we're so far apart. Yeah. The worst thing you there. can do as a wholesaler, or as an investor, is throw that lead away. That's the worst. So you thing will you can still, do. even when someone is upset, you will still send them an offer. Yes, this is wow. what you do. You just say, "Hey, James, it was nice talking to you earlier today about your house at One Two Three Main Street. I understand now is not maybe the best time for you to sell it, but just so you know, we're here for you and our offer's still good. Okay, yeah. thanks a lot. And then we'll attach a contract. You don't have to sign it, but you can if you want. Attach a contract for the price that we were offering. Now, here's the thing." They're probably not going to sign that contract and send it back and say, okay. But what they're yeah. going to do is they're going to keep that thing for a couple months. They're going to yep. cook a little bit. They're going to realize I can't sell it. They're going to evict yeah. their tenant that they just put in there. And they're going to say, try. I'm going to call this guy back. I've yeah. done this long enough to know that half of my deals come from the follow-up. So yep, in totally Podio, agree. we put in there, call them again in three months. And we send okay. them a letter and an offer. So there's a button we push in Podio that says send an offer or send follow-up letter. And then that triggers, uh, you know, it creates the document. And then my assistant prints it and mails it to that seller. And then they're also put into a special follow-up campaign where we send them a postcard every month. So, well, the, uh, the lead comes into Podio and then um, it's flagged for follow-up. Uh, and I got a lot of this from Todd Toback. I think you interviewed him recently. Um, yeah, yeah. And he's, we've been friends for years. In fact, he's one of the guys who helped me get started in the business when oh, he was nice. back teaching lease purchasing. Um, but he has this philosophy of no lead left behind. And yeah, I love I like that, that phrase, right? Nothing falls through the cracks. If you yep. looked at your numbers and you look at all the leads that come in, okay, and you look at, um, well, I have, um, I've had 50 leads in the last month come in. And of those 50 leads, uh, on average, I'll do one deal, and that average deal is 7,500 bucks. Okay. Uh -huh. So you calculate the numbers. Each lead you get in is worth like three bucks or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that adds up. And if you let that lead, if you let that lead go, and actually the number is going to be much higher than that. If you look at it, yeah. your average good quality lead that comes in is going to be worth a couple hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah. If you look at the numbers, every lead that you let fall through the cracks, it's like throwing away money. Totally. And, and the longer you do this, you've got to keep the, the, we talk about momentum, right? That momentum has got to keep going. And it's like a giant snowball that just is hard to push at first. But yep. once you get that going, it's hard to stop hard because to stop you're it, consistently doing new marketing and you're consistently following up with old leads. And yep. you'll find that half of your deals come from people that you called three months ago that got your letter. I got a funny story. This lady... Uh, this was actually not me. It was a friend of mine. Um, he sent a postcard. Maybe it was me. I forget. He's, <laughs> one of us sent this postcard, and the lady passed away. It was to a homeowner. The lady passed away. She kept that postcard in her filing uh, file folder. She passed away and deeded the house to her church. 
her church was going through her files and saw our postcard and said, called us up and said, uh, do you still want to buy this house? Wow. This was a friend of mine. Yeah, this was a friend of mine out in North Carolina. And uh, so, yeah, he bought the house and wholesaled. I don't remember what he did with it exactly, but I get that all the time. Sellers call me from a year ago. They have, they still have my postcard. They still have my letter. So follow-up is so important. And you got to have good systems in place. Exactly. That. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say most people probably don't follow up because they don't have the good systems and it's like their time and this and that. But if you have the system for the follow-up, then it'll just happen. Yes. So, and it's okay. not that hard to do. It's not rocket science. Um, you don't have to be super brilliant or engineering smart, whatever. Um, you just have to be disciplined. And if you, you have to know what you're good at and what you're not good at. And if you're good at the marketing and the systems, that's great. Do that. And then outsource everything else that you're not good at. Maybe you're good at talking to sellers and negotiating and getting them under contract. So then outsource all the marketing part of it. Maybe you're horrible at the admin and the bookkeeping. We'll get someone else. So you've got to find, you've got to treat this like a business, yeah. right? It's not a hobby. So get yes. somebody else <laughs> who can do that stuff for you. And the only people that I pay to do things for me are my virtual assistants. That you know, I pay them anywhere from two to seven bucks an yeah. hour. Yeah. Everyone else is 100% commission-based. Yep. I like that, the motivation. Okay, so you get the deal. Once you get the deal under contract, okay. Did we get the part about the, getting the deal under contract yet? Okay, so you- yeah. I have my acquisitions manager or my other wholesaler that I'm doing the marketing for. They'll go meet with the seller and get the, get the property under contract. I use a simple one-page contract. Um, okay. My other wholesaler, he likes using the realtor's contract because um, okay. he is licensed. He just writes on their non-brokered transaction. Okay. Okay. So he crosses off the parts about the. He discloses that he's an agent. Yeah. And he crosses off that stuff and says non-brokered transaction, and Got that's it. what contract he uses. He he says, look, in my experience, the sellers are more comfortable with the official-looking standard, standard okay. realtor's contract. Okay. So he prefers uh, to you, use that. Teach his own, right? It all works. Right. So we get the contract in. We send it to title to start the title process. We schedule an, an inspection. Usually we get in a contract a contractor to come in. Anymore, we know who our buyers are. And so we'll just call them up immediately, say, hey, we got a property. Would you be willing to buy it for $30,000? Um, it rents for Jeez. 800 a month and it doesn't need any work. We're finding those deals left and right right now. And, and by the way, you talk about who moved your cheese, right? That's right now where our cheese is in the yeah. Midwest are those little okay. properties you can buy for 30 to 50 grand that That's rent awesome. for 800 to 900 a month and they cash flow great. I mean, we're literally giving after we make our 5 to 10 grand wholesale. Yeah. Fee, our yeah. investors are still making 15% cash on cash wow. on their money and I'm taking out vacancies, property management, repairs, maintenance, taxes, wow. insurance. I'm taking all of that into account wow. and we're still giving them 13 to 15% Cash Joe, cash. are any are the any of these guys flipping these houses? Or are these all landlord properties mainly? Well, right now I'm finding the best deals, the the ones that we can wholesale the fastest are the landlord or to practices. landlords to landlords okay. who are looking for long term buy and hold cash flow. We might let let's talk. I just like to see some of those numbers and what you think the retail value is. Um, you know, it may it may just be a landlord thing, but I'll I'll go buy from you if I could flip them. <laughs> but you're well, thinking I probably can't. You, no, the, on those properties, you don't want to fix them up and flip them. What okay. you could do, you you know, you could go in, put paint carpet, clean them up, 
and then flip them to another landlord. To another landlord. Yeah. But okay. yeah, you're not going to, what you should think about, Justin, seriously, um, you're, you're in a tough market, right? I, I know guys right now in California. Let me, let me tell you a story of a guy. Um, he lives in uh, Seattle. And Mike, if you're listening to this, it's not you. This other guy, <laughs> this other guy I know lives in, in, in Seattle. He, wanted, he couldn't do any deals there. He wanted to start doing this virtual wholesaling thing. All so right. he went and started bidding on HUDs in Ohio. Okay. And he got a HUD under contract in Ohio at like 20 grand. And it needed a bunch of work. He put it on Craigslist and wholesaled it to a guy in Arizona. So here's a guy in Seattle buying a property in uh, Ohio. I, I think it was Cleveland. Selling it to a guy in Arizona. And he didn't, he never saw the house. Obviously, wow. never met the seller. Well, it was HUD. And this guy is already buying properties there. So you could literally, with if you got the systems in place, you could pick a market. Right now, Ohio is really hot. St. Louis, mm-hmm. Kansas City are really hot. These markets in Indiana, um, Indianapolis is good. These kind of Midwest markets, Memphis, Nashville, Tennessee, um, you can go in with your marketing, doing direct mail or doing the Craigslist stuff that I talked about, and just start sending marketing to these sellers, these owners here, getting them under contract and wholesaling them to other out-of-state investors that that are from California. Maybe your network of friends in California that are looking for cash flow rentals. You just got to go out and build your team, which isn't that hard to do, right? You find the other wholesalers and say, yeah, "Yeah, you you find the other wholesaler in Columbus, Ohio right now that is wholesaling a bunch of properties. And you say, hey, what if I did the marketing? Um, Can you sell these deals for me? And, and you can do that from California. And you yeah. can even say, look, I have these 10 guys that are interested in these properties. Will you just help me connect the dots between, you know, the, the property managers and the contractors and the rehabbers um, so that I can sell these? And so if you just get a little creative, you can do deals. And the great thing I love about wholesaling is there's not so many moving parts. When you're rehabbing a property, you have all the moving parts, all the different parties involved, and you can make a lot of good money. Um, but with wholesaling, it's just, I'd rather make a quick nickel than a slow dime. You're yeah. in and out fast and there's less risk in my opinion. Um, oh, for sure. but there's a place for wholesaling, right? You could rehab a property and make 40 grand or wholesale it and make five, but you, that's why I love wholesaling because it's easier to do virtually. Well, you, I mean, you talked about your story with the crash and I know you're not yeah. the only wholesaler I know who is like, Ooh, I, I don't want to experience that again. <laughs> So I'm going to, and I could do an entire podcast on risk and risk management and, and, and wholesaling is the, uh, I mean, the number one way to eliminate most of your risk really. Right. But I didn't finish answering your question. I hope I'm not talking too much here. No, you're fine. It's great. I might split this up into two, uh, podcasts, but that's okay. (laughs) You you talked about the systems and you wanted me to go through step-by-step. So I get the property under contract. And a lot of times we already have the buyers list in place because I've found that it's just as important to market for buyers as it is for um, sellers. Right. And and so one of the things you talked about gurus, um, Kent Clother, Kent Clothier is one of those guys. He's, we're actually good friends, um, but he's one of those gurus that's been attacked a lot because yeah. he sells a lot of things, right? And he makes a lot of money selling products. But okay. I tell you, his find cash buyers now system is phenomenal. It's just incredible. It's worth every penny. What I did is I took his cash buyer system 
and I said, all right, I want to see not just all of the investors that are buying properties in St. Louis, but I want to see all of the other out-of-state investors that are buying properties in Atlanta, in Denver, in Dallas, in Memphis, Tennessee, in Cleveland. And I picked about 15 different cities, all that were kind of hotbed of activities. Uh, and I, I found all of the investors that were buying property in Cleveland, Ohio, from California, from Virginia, from New York, all the other states. So these are investors that are already buying properties in another state. And I sent them all letters. And I just used this, this, the letter that Kent uses. And I said, hey, I am one of the premier wholesalers in St. Louis. I've got a bunch of deals here. And here's an example number, some example numbers. If you're interested, um, call me and uh, let's get on the phone and talk. So it was a real personal letter. I didn't drive them to a website. I don't want them to fill out a stupid web form. I just want to get on the phone and talk with them. And then I talked just like Kent taught. I go yeah. through and say, okay, walk me through. What are you looking for? What do you want? How much money do you have to invest? And they told me exactly what they wanted. Now, here's the cool thing. Once I have these buyers now, I start hitting the streets. I go to the RIA clubs and I start talking to realtors and say, I got $10 million right now burning a hole in my pocket. I need your deals. Send them to me. And I yeah. became known as the guy who has the money. Now, I, yeah. It wasn't my money, but I have these buyers now that have the money. Yeah. And so I'm finding deals for them. Cool. It's, I, and part of the reason why you're willing to take the time and talk to those guys rather than drive them to a website was because you knew that they were buying houses. You had already seen yes. that. It wasn't like you're just talking to some random guy who is a tire kicker acting yeah. like he might want to buy houses. So, But I've found too that it's a lot easier to sell properties um, with a phone call or a personal email um, or text message than it is the mass text message emails out to you know your thousand people on your buyer's list. I, I'm um, the same way. If I'm on a list, if someone ends up getting putting me on their list, let's send to a bunch of people, I ignore it. I delete, spam, unsubscribe, yeah. whatever. But if they send me a personal email or call me directly or my assistant, which is usually the case, yeah. then, and they're like, okay, you know, can you let me know pretty quickly about this house? Boom. Top priority. Exactly. Top priority. So, so you've, you've got, this business is all about networking relationships. And so I've yeah. learned that to sell these houses, and I, this is how we sell almost all of them. In fact, I was being criticized by one guy and he said, you know, I live in your market and I don't see you putting any ads in Craigslist advertising your houses. I said, well, of Sucker. course you're not going to because I sell all of them with phone calls. I, you know, yeah. before I have a buyer under contract before I even uh, start advertising and I don't advertise them. So I don't put them yeah. on Craigslist. Yeah. Well, anyway, well I mean, I, I've got two or three wholesalers that I'll buy just about everything that they ever wholesale from them. I mean, so, you know, you got, if you have the right buyers, then you're, you should be pretty set. So if you're smart listening to this and you know Justin is buying properties in whatever county he's in, find out what he's looking for. And All just, of Southern California. Okay. Bring him the deal. Don't buy in the mountains. I don't buy in the mountain areas anymore. <laughs> but other than that, I'll take it. <laughs> so Justin will probably tell you what his numbers are, what his criteria is. Has to have at least three bedrooms. It has to have at least a one or two nope, car garage. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't have okay. to have any of that. I, I, I'm very people always like, no, you got to really tell me my criteria. No, it's like, okay, I'll I'll build if it doesn't have three bedrooms, I'll build three bedrooms or <laughs> I flip two bedroom houses all the time. No problem. But you have a numbers criteria, right? You have to be. In I have a numbers criteria, okay. um, but I, I've talked about that on the podcast before. And right. basically, 
you know, looking to make 13% of the total cash invested into the property. But the bottom line, like if anyone can make money on it as a flip, I'll buy it. <laughs> I'm not like super stingy <laughs> and greedy. So. so you need to go in your market and find the Justins out there. Okay. Yep. And yep. say, That's what true. is it you're looking for? And then work like mad to get those deals. They're out there. Don't let anybody tell you that they're not. And especially when you start going around strutting your stuff, sometimes you got to fake it till you make it and say, look, I got a bunch of money. Um, I need, I'm looking for these deals. And you start spreading the word, you're going to get a lot of people starting to bring you leads. And the last acquisitions manager I had, in fact, he became pretty successful and went off and did it on his own. I, and I told him, I said, listen, I taught you everything you know. I didn't teach you everything I know. But we're still good friends. Anyway, <laughs> that's what we started doing that. We were doing marketing. And then pretty soon, we just start getting emails and leads from people all the time. And we didn't have to do much marketing anymore. Um, yeah. I'm still wholesaling deals to him. And he's got a buyer that we're working with. But anyway, you got you to gotta build that buyer's list. And that buyer's list is almost just as important. The marketing for buyers is almost just as important as your, your marketing for sellers. And you got to constantly be doing it because sometimes buyers just lose steam. They lose yeah. money. They can't buy anymore. So we're constantly, you know, trying to build our relationships and build our buyers. And we have the, the five pocket buyers that will buy almost anything we have, but we're still looking for new buyers because sometimes we'll find, we have one buyer that will pay 35 times rent. We find another guy who will buy 40 to 45 times rent. So who do you think we're going to sell it to, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, once we get it under contract, we will do several things. Um, we'll still put, sometimes we'll put bandit signs out. And the only, usually the only reason we'll do that is just to start building our buyers list. Um, and we will um, create some postlets and sometimes we'll put it on Craigslist. We found though that most of the calls we get from Craigslist are not worth anything. Um, now here's, this is really important, which I love doing. Um, when we get a property under contract, I, I tell my guys, look, I, if, you're, if you're close, just get it under contract because you can always renegotiate if you're within the inspection period and you can't find a buyer for it. But one of the best things to do is write a letter, a yellow handwritten letter, you know, with this yellow pad of paper here, yep. and write a letter like you are a motivated seller. Okay. Urgent. I've got to sell this property at 123 Main Street. The taxes are paid. The title is cleared. It only needs 3000 in work. 5,000 work. I've got to get this thing sold today. Call me right now and put your phone number on there and send that letter. And by the way, I like to take my, my letter and crumple it up. I'm not kidding. <laughs> this works. Open it back up Interesting. and then fold it and put that in the envelope. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That'll increase your response rate by like 15 to 20%. Crazy. Is that Increased. for all letters or just, just uh, these yellow handwritten letters? Is that yeah. to sellers as well or just to people who are buyers? I, I usually do it to both. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Because they get it and it's kind of tips and the, the envelopes kind of clump, uh, clumpy. Yeah. You know? It's it's yeah. It's much the, stands out a lot more think, than a typical mail. They think, why is this all crumpled up? And you know, <laughs> it, just, it just grabs their attention more. Right. I so, but anyway, it. I send this motivated seller red ink letter to all of the recent buyers that bought in that zip code in the last three to six months. And I always will consistently get 10 to 20% response rate. So if I send out 100 letters, I know I'm going to, on that property, 
I know That's I wild. know I'm going to get 10 to 20 calls from other investors. Yeah. And uh, they'll tell me what they would offer for that house. If I'm too much, if I'm too high, they'll say, man, I, I wouldn't offer any more than 20 for that house. Yeah. Okay. So then I know what they would be willing to offer and I can go back to the seller and I say, look, I'm sorry, this isn't going to work. And I'm still in, within my inspection period. Um, you know, I'm going to have to either ask you to lower the price or I'm going to have to cancel the contract. Then I know where to go from there. And then the next deal, yeah. I know who these buyers are and what they want. So instead of just sending out generic advertising for, hey, join my buyers list, I'm sending out specific deals to these buyers and finding and, and using that as a jumpstart to kind of get the I conversation think, yeah, I think relationship. With I them. think that's great. So, okay. So you get someone who wants to buy the house. How do you put it under contract with them? How do you, are you assigning all these or? Well, it, it depends. You got to be real careful. And, and sometimes people fall into the trap of um, co or wholesaling other people's deals. Right. Yeah. So we had a really good solid buyer and somebody came to us said, Hey, I'll sell it to you for 25. I knew my buyer would buy it for 30. Okay. Yeah. So I advertised it to my buyer for 30 and that was still giving him the numbers he wanted. He wanted 13% yeah. yeah. cash on cash. Yeah. He went online and saw that this other guy was advertising it for five thousand less. Yeah, yeah. And now we it didn't ruin our relationship, but then he we had to have this heart to heart. Yeah. Where he had to we had to tell him, okay, we will agree to a certain minimum wholesale fee. All right. Yeah. So number one, I I don't like wholesaling other people's properties. I wanted to be the directly in control with uh -huh. the seller. So we will either do an assignment based on my relationship with the buyer and if he doesn't care how much I make, I will okay. do an assignment. Most of the time I'll do a double close. Okay. Um, I had a company that will do that for me. I have to, you know, I pay an extra 500 bucks, maybe three to $500 to do a double close, yep. but it's just cleaner. And um, this particular title company doesn't require me to put up my own money. Um, sometimes there are, there's another title company we work with. They do require transactional funding. It can't mm -hmm. be a what I forget. I always get wet and dry clothes. Wet and well, wet wet is where you bring the money in. Dry is where there's no money. Okay. Um. So this in. one title company requires wet funds. I require wet. That sounds money. funny, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but so they have their own transactional money guy, who was one of the owners of the company. Yeah. To that they'll require that you use his money, and yeah. they only charge two hundred and fifty bucks. What? Um, yeah, for this transactional funding, and oh it's oh my gosh, it's just for um, you know five minutes. That's all it's wow. the money is needed for. Um, and so I haven't told them at all about how much money the other transactional funding people are making. <laughs> but yeah, so they require that you use transactional funding, but you have to use yeah. their guy, <laughs> and they only charge two hundred fifty bucks for this. Oh my! So gosh. sometimes we use them. Most of the time, we'll do double closing. I have, I call it my A to B and my B to C, right? So I have yeah. my A to B okay. contract. I have, I, I sign a new contract on my B to C. Brand new contract, okay. Brand new contract. I require that they put at least 2,500 down in earnest money that okay. goes to my title company, okay? Okay. Um, and that contract is a lot more strict than my contract on my A to B with the seller. Okay. Yeah. Now, sometimes if I've been wholesaling a bunch of properties to a guy and I trust them, I'll let them use whatever contract they're comfortable with, right? It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. 
So I get the A to B contract signed. I send that to the title company, which starts the title work. You call it escrow. You send it to the escrow company, whatever. We just have... Yeah, so actually, I'm kind of curious about that because most people I interview are in California or have an escrow company. What do you guys call it? Do you call it... we op- Like we say we opened escrow, but if there's no escrow, you can't open escrow, right? Well, do we open- do still kind of have an escrow, but it's like okay. all done under the same umbrella. So the title company is also has an escrow account. Which is how it should be. <laughs> right. Well, I think so too. Yeah. We just like to complicate things here. <laughs> the yeah, you all on the left coast. Oh so my gosh. You you have one umbrella with the title company has their own escrow account, um, where they just hold the money in an escrow account. Okay. Okay. And then they start the title work, and you get a preliminary title report that just says these are the outstanding issues, or it's clear, it's good to go. We're ready whenever you are. And that usually takes two to three or four weeks. Now, these deals that we're wholesaling right now are mostly to cash buyer investors. So it's it's a lot simpler. It's a lot faster. There's no banks involved. There's no inspections, especially yeah. inspections that are required. Um, and so I like that model of wholesaling to investors. It's just a lot easier and faster. You can make more money if you bought the house, fixed it up, and sold it on the MLS to a retail buyer who's looking for a good deal. Um, you know, you can make more money doing those, but I'd rather be in and out as quickly as well, possible. Well, you can make more money per deal potentially, but you may not make more money altogether because you may not scale your business as much, right? That's a, that's a great point because, and I think we brought this up when you and I were talking on our podcast, um, where you could wholesale a deal and make five grand, 10 grand, or you can rehab it and make 30 to 40 grand. But during that time that you're rehabbing and making 30 to 40 grand, that's awesome. But you could have wholesaled five or six deals during that same time and made the same yeah. profit. And it depends. I mean, most people consider, you know, flipping a job because they, it, it's a lot more hands-on. You know, there's not many people like myself who have actually <laughs> <laughs> systematized the rehab business you're abs- to, you're right. to that big of a degree. So anyway, I would say you know. you're probably in the and this is why your mastermind, I told you, you're not charging nearly enough for it because there are very, very few people in this country that have systematized the rehabbing process like you have. I'm not saying that to blow you know, smoke, but that's the truth. When you can figure that out, when you can outsource the rehabbing process of it like you have, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's insane. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, we, yeah, I need to get but... your wife to talk to my wife about going to Europe or pick some, go to Cozumel, go to yeah. Italy or the Caribbean or the Mediterranean and just oh, yeah. go for a couple months. Take your kids. Totally. I don't know if they're in school now. They are. But no, we've talked seriously about, you know, well, this summer my wife and I are doing, um, it's our 10-year anniversary. So we got a big trip planned to Costa Rica. But we've talked about next summer for sure, probably doing like a month in, in Europe or, or somewhere with, with the family. and Costa Rica. I don't know. There's a, a friend of mine. His name is Justin Lee. And he was investing yeah, a lot in smart. California. Um, I, I actually think I know him. Yeah, but, a lot of yeah. people do. But he lives maybe three or four months a year in Costa Rica, wholesaling uh, deals all over the country and crazy. buying and holding them. But That's yeah, awesome. you just you need Skype. We're on Skype right now. Yeah. Um, That's the key to is, is figuring out, okay, I want to make 10 grand a month. I want to do $100,000 a year. Okay. Well, what? that's not a goal you can control. You can't control doing three rehabs a quarter or three, yeah. you know, three wholesale deals a month. But what you can control is how much marketing 
you need to do every day, every week, or how many offers you're going to make every day, every week. Yep. And yep. you get that written down and then you systematize and find somebody to hold you accountable to that. And you start yeah. doing that consistently. You start building that momentum and pretty soon you'll get more leads than you can handle. I've seen it happen over and over again. Yeah. And I love you talk about things that you have more control over. You know, on my bigger pockets thread, I'm counting my goals based on houses I get under contract. And at first I got a bunch of crap from people like, you can't count that. I'm like, it's my goal. I can count whatever I want. <laughs> but the reason why I do it that way is because it's much easier to track and incentivize my team. Of course, mm -hmm. if we lose one, I take that away. But like this last week, we put four under contract, which is really good. We're only averaging about two right now. My goal is to average three. We got four last week. But it's hard to be like, okay, it's Friday. We need one more to get under contract yeah. if we're talking about closing. So it's, I don't know, it's just, it's working really well. But um, anyway, but tracking team, is huge and measuring. Your team is make the beautiful thing what you have is you're making these guys go out and find the deals for, and it doesn't matter how they find it. I, yeah. I had a student one time who was living in San Francisco and very competitive market. He's wholesaling 20 properties a month in San Francisco. Now, how wow. on earth could you be doing that? It's real simple. He's got a team, an army of bird dogs, about yeah. 300 yep. of yep. them. 300 yeah. bird dogs wow. going, and I said, well, how what, 300 are bringing you deals? He said, no. <laughs> he said, I, only, you know, 50 of them are actually working hard. Only okay? 50? <laughs> so he's got 50 bird dogs really actually working, going out there. He gives them basic instructions, but they're going out there doing the hard work. They're knocking on the doors. They're sending the letters. They're making the offers. They're going out there and doing the work for him. Yeah. And, and, and then he's getting their leads and he's the one who actually calls the sellers and closes the deals. Huh. Um, but he, he's paying them. I think he was paying them 30% of the profit. Nice. If they bring it's them totally to worth, totally worth it. Totally so, worth it. I mean, for, for his situation. Yeah. With what and, and, and that's in a very competitive market. And I hear people yeah. all the time tell me in California, I can't do deals here. Yeah, it's too hard. Like I said, I did, I did one in Utah last week and I put three in California under contract. I mean, I'm not saying it's easy. Don't get me wrong. But like you said, I have 10 people out looking for me, which allows it's simple math. You know, I'm not trying to overcomplicate this. It allows me to buy 10 times the properties. It's just a matter of me systematizing and teaching them exactly what I'm looking for, which is part of the reason why I create my training tutorial videos, which I give away in my house of mastermind. Yeah. You're right. I need yeah. to change. I need to up the price. <laughs> you do. I'm telling you. You do. Go now. You have 24 hours. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway. That's awesome, man. Well, Joe, man, you've given me way more time than I expected. We do need to follow up. I think there's a way we can probably work together. And I don't know. I, I want to do more. I want more. <laughs> you want to do more deals? We'll talk offline. Um, I just got a new website, stlouiscashflowdeals.com. Awesome. Um, where I... I we just started using it, so I maybe only have four or five properties, and we've already sold all of those. But the, some of those properties will give you the numbers of okay, typically cool. what we get. Um, but, you know, I, I, we were talking about Todd Toback, one of my friends. I talked yep. to him at least several times a week. He just did a deal in Ohio only by text. Um, he's got, a, he's oh, got yeah. an amazing thing where he's going. He, he'll, he has his team sending text messages to Craigslist ads making offers That's just wild. making blind offers I know. he got one accepted he offered let's just say 25 the guy said yeah he said all right i'll have a notary there in 12 hours so he, yeah. he has he, he has this notary that travels around 
The yeah. notary went to the seller's house within a few hours, got the contract signed, and he already had it sold to another wholesaler there in Ohio who bought the property. Love he only it. made three grand. He only made three grand for sending a text message. Yeah, I was going to say, but he was probably involved very little in the process because he made it a system. He systematized yes. the the business. And, you know, I hear a lot of people say, oh, VAs don't work. It's like, that's like saying like employees don't work. You know, it's it. usually your system needs work. <laughs> and yeah. if you create the right system, like you said, you can't contact a VA and say, I want you to buy me houses. You know, you got to give them that system, especially if they're really low paid. They'll do exactly what you tell them to but they're not going to do a whole lot more than that. So, um, well, the, and the key is, you're right, because one of the keys to hiring a virtual assistant is to clearly spell out what you want them to do exactly. and the, the results that you're expecting. And I, yeah. I do that almost to, to, a, to an extreme. I'll say, yeah. look, my goal, and I tell them what my goals are. I want to buy five houses a month using this strategy. So every day I want you to go in and find 20 leads from this source. Yeah. And I want you to put the information into this. And you'd have to do this. You have to get this done by 9 a.m. every day. And that's my that's what I tell them my results, what yeah. my expected yeah. results are. Yeah. It's clear. They understand what they have to do. And Simple. I rarely have problems with virtual assistants. And, and if you do, because their work is so easy, if you do, next day you can have another one. Yes. With the, how basic your instructions are right. with what you're having them do. Super simple. So Exactly. Once you create those systems, you write it down, you get them what your expectations are, then your job is just to manage that and make sure every day that they're getting it done. And if they're not, mm -hmm. don't go ballistic on them, but just say, hey, what's the problem? How can yeah. I help you with this? You have to come to them because they're not going to come to you with a problem. That's in, especially in the Philippines, it's kind in of the their Phil culture. Yeah. Yep. yep. You, you got to say what's going on and you try to help them uh, figure out what the problem is and how to get better with it. Yeah, I love it. Nail, nail it, then scale it. And that's what you've done. You've gotten really good at this little part to where you're willing to work with other wholesalers because like, boom, I've nailed this part, right? So well, they're, it's created they're all just, kinds of avenues. They're just blown away that I could send a postcard and get a 10% response rate on it of phone calls and then get maybe 3 to 5% that leave a message, okay? Wow. And, and they're blown away. I mean, the fact that I could set up anything like Podio is so beyond them. And yeah, it's, for me, yeah. it's just so easy. It's like, this is a no-brainer. It's easy to send yeah. postcards. It's easy to set up Podio. So you find those people that are weak in those areas. Yep. And you say, let me do that for you. I'll even put yeah. out the money to do the marketing. Yeah. You handle the other stuff that I don't like to do or I'm not good yep. at talking to sellers. You do that and you partner on a deal-by-deal -deal basis. Figure yeah. out what your yeah. strength is. Yeah. So, Joe, really quick, I know, I, you know, you and I like to talk a lot. We need to wrap this up here. But <laughs> really quickly, I've taken so much of your time. I went to ask you, how much does it usually cost you to acquire? What's your average cost per acquisition of a deal? And what do you usually, what's your average profit from that deal? I One of my weaknesses is tracking my numbers as well right. as I should. But I do know. And there's both sides. Some people track it too much and other people don't track it enough. <laughs> so I right. hear you. <laughs> But I know I need at least 30 leads to get a deal. And that's being conservative because okay. I, I know I can do it maybe about 20. Yeah. Um, I've been finding with this other wholesaler that I'm sending deals to, he needs about 20 leads to get a deal. Okay. My local acquisition teams needs about 30 to 40 leads to get a deal. Yeah. So 
Um, and then depending on like Craigslist, I'm going to need about 40 to 50 leads to get a deal. Postcards, I'm going to need 30, 20 to 30 leads to get a deal. So depending on the marketing that you're doing, Google pay-per-click, if you're, if you're fast in responding to those leads, you need maybe 10 to get a deal. So depending okay. on the different marketing, there's different average response rates and different levels of motivation. But typically, I spend about $1,000 to make $5,000 is a good general rule of thumb to to get a deal. So you got to invest something to make something, right? Yeah. But our average wholesaling profit is in St. Louis is um, five to $7,000. Nice. It used to be three to $5,000, but I kept on harping my team to think bigger and yeah. to shoot higher. Yeah. And um, all right, so generally speaking, I got to spend $1,000 to make $5,000. And okay. it's funny because my, with my team, they didn't think you could make more than $3,000 on a deal. And I said, no, you yeah. can't. You just got to yeah. ask for it. So they started asking for five. And I said, they started getting it. I said, all right, now start asking yeah. for 7,500. We yeah. started asking. Now we started asking for ten, yeah. and so we're averaging five to seven grand per deal. Yeah. Um, so you figure thirty leads on on average, and maybe in California it's fifty leads. Oh yeah, right? in California, I mean, you got to spend more than a thousand bucks to get a deal. And I know, yes. I know, out of state, you know, you spend less, you make less, type thing. You know, it's relative. Um, but. Yeah, I was talking to Todd. He spends about $6,500 in San Diego. Now, California is a big state, lots of different areas. In the lower end areas, yeah, you can spend like three, four, th- you know, $2,500 if it's really outskirt, up to 3000 You know, it varies, right? But $6,500 he spends to get a deal in San well, what's Diego. What's his average profit? But he's making, I think, like $15,000 as an average profit. But I, I could tell there's some deals that he does much better on. So he's doing. He has some deals he's making six figures on. And you know, yeah. oh, wow, that's amazing. Well, California is completely different. Um, so you have to know what your market is. But if you're in a competitive market, you're going to have to do more marketing, but your profit per deal is going to be higher. Yeah. So yeah. It, you may be living in California thinking, man, I don't want to spend that kind of money doing deals here. Well, I'm not saying it's easy, but you can no. find those other markets out there and you can start becoming familiar with that market, start be- getting you know, familiar with who the players there are. Yep. And start wholesaling, doing marketing for them, doing virtual wholesaling. I remember when the whole concept of virtual wholesaling came out. Chris Chico was one of those guys who came out with a course called Virtual Wholesaling. And that was one nice. of the two courses I originally bought, I was telling you about before, where I said, I'm going to buy these two courses and I'm just going to do what they say and not change anything. And so he had this course called Virtual Wholesaling. And I remember when that came out, this was 2006, 2008, maybe I forget. Um Everybody was like saying, no, you can't do that. That's ridiculous. That's guru hype. Um, shame on you. Yeah. Um, but he, here's a guy, he's doing it. He's actually doing it, making money virtually in other markets. And so I had the, the gumption to believe that you could actually make it happen. <laughs> yep. and, so, and so we did. That's awesome. I lo- and I love that you said that. I mean... Yes, there are some things that are a little too out there, but at the same time, like, I don't know, you got to believe, you know, some people are just way too skeptical and my ignorance was, has been bliss for me because at the beginning, even with yeah. the guru that didn't give me the car, you know, I believed I can make it happen and I went out and made it happen, you know, but right out of the gate. I mean, don't get me wrong. It took me a long time to close my first deal, seven months, but I was getting deals under contract right out of the gate. 
so well right. you did a you did a podcast episode everybody's got to go back and listen to it you were interviewing a guy who was talking about um he was part of a club that does wholesaling challenges or some kind of challenges yes, yes. i love that idea for women yes 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 one for and- club for women and that that is actually I would I have been inspired by that to as a part of my mastermind group as if you, as if I wasn't doing enough already <laughs> I'm now going to be um implementing or, or uh, introducing this program called the fail forward fast uh yes. education and, and implementation program yeah, and I it's going to be a 9 week program where 4 weeks is going to be hardcore education like I'm going to organized videos like like a course throwing out them teaching them all the basics Mm -hmm. then they have one week to come up with their plan which should be very simple and basic and then for four weeks we are gonna they're gonna have to implement exactly what they said they're gonna have to report every single day how many calls they made especially those small measurable things and the goal is not to succeed the goal is not to get a house under contract because i have so many of my mastermind students right now like Oh, failure. I got rejected again. I'm like, duh, you just started. Like, of course you're going to get rejection yeah. and failure. But the goal is for them to fail faster so that they can then know what they need to know in this business to succeed. So, And if they don't do what they what their plan is, they're out, right? They're out. Exactly. So I, I'm still working on the details for how we're going to work that. Um, I may still let them participate because it's a little different you know than the, than the other thing we're, we're talking about um i may still let them participate on their own level but as far as you know that we may for fun have like a reward or something um but they'll be out of like the chance for, anyway and i'm still working on those details but i'm just including that in free with anyone who signs up for my mastermind group am i, love I it. insane or what no that's a great so, idea um you got to figure out a way to like a public message board or something where they can put their goals and report yeah. on their progress, right? Yep. Yep. But yep. um I think it's a great idea. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the basic idea is like, you know, call five people a day that are either trying to sell their house or agent or something. I mean, that I'm gonna let people kind of make their own goals. Um it's not like we're splitting the profits of the whole selfies or anything like that. You know, they keep their own deals. Um but yeah, it's it's so true. So many people just think the success only comes from when they get that check. But it's yet people spend fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year on college education for eight to ten years, whatever. And you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. no, guys, like you're getting educated, and then there's a chance to make a big pot of money, several, maybe a few months, maybe a month, maybe a year. I don't know. But if you just take these steps, you will make it happen. So. Yeah. Boom. All right, Joe. Well, I'm motivated. We now. need to, <laughs> yeah, let's get out there and make some money, man. So how, you know, how, what can we do for you? How can people get a hold of you? Um, you know, I know you do some education and stuff like you mentioned, but let, let well, us know about it. Our, our, um, my podcast website is realestateinvestingmastery.com. If you just go to iTunes and do a search for real estate investing, you'll see our podcast in there, uh, realestateinvestingmastery.com. Alex and I have been doing the podcast for Boy, close to three years now. Um, not as consistently as I would like, but we we've been we just started doing some more Q and A videos as well. So people send us in their questions, and we'll answer the questions um, awesome. in a video. Um, my personal website is joemccall.com. Joe, you say that one more time. It kind of joemccall.com. Yeah, M C C A L L. Just kind of bleeped out a little. Okay. Um, I do a little bit of coaching one on one, but not much. Um, I do have a new program that I'm doing with this friend of mine where it's not really coaching, but we're looking to partner with students on deals. 
And so I have these systems now where if somebody signs up with us, we'll actually set up the systems for them and do the marketing for them. Um, and they join kind of a apprentice program. And uh, I still have, still kind of building that um, sales page. But I think if you go to joemccall.com, you'll see some information there about it. Very cool. Um, but that's, yeah, that's it. And then if you're interested in the St. Louis deals that we have here, um, literally, sometimes I don't even sell them before I, I sell them before I even have a chance to put them on the website. But if you go to uh, stlouiscashflowdeals.com, you can see some of the deals that we have here and the kind of numbers that we have. And you can join our buyers list there and be notified um, when we get new properties available. And I'd like to get on the phone with you to find out, okay, what are you looking for? What are your goals? Um, you know, I have a lot of California investors that ask me, Hey, will you help me find deals that we can buy with owner financing? And so one of the things that we're doing now is we're offering a cash price to the seller. And if we're too far apart, then we offer the price that they want with owner financing. And nice. so we can get good terms, maybe a higher price, but better terms. Perfect. And we can still that. wholesale that to an investor who wants to buy with owner financing. I uh, love it, Joe. You're get, you, see, now I want to go off on other tangents, but we're going to stop there. Okay. We'll have to have you on again some other time. <laughs> Thank you so much. This will definitely be two episodes. This is way too long for one. But uh, thanks for that. everything you shared, man. No, no, that's good. I appreciate it. Thank you for everything you shared. Um, can't thank you enough. We will link up to all the links you mentioned in the show notes. Um, and yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to to learning more from you and uh, maybe doing some business together in the future. Well, it's been fun, Justin. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be in San Diego in a couple weeks. I don't know how far. Oh, you that's are. right. For your, for your meeting for the master. You know, I'm, thing, yeah. I'm kind of a last minute guy who shoot I'll, probably the week before I'll probably end up signing up for that master. Oh, you got to do it. It's and really I'll like be there. Uh, seriously. I have it on my calendar to look into it like in a, a week before or something. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it is but yeah. full, but um, I know I know um, what's his name. Jason is. We're looking to see who's going to be not coming, and then telling the people who are on the list that can come. Uh, okay. Those of you who don't know okay. what we're talking about, sorry, but it's just it's a, it's a high level mastermind. You've got to connect with other people in your market that are doing deals and mastermind with them. It's it's incredibly invaluable. I just love. Well, that I, yeah, I've talked to a couple high big guys. Andy McFarland. I just saw him when I was in Utah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Todd Toback and I've heard you talk about it. Sean um, Terry's I in just, the group. Yeah, I just like, I love, I don't know, it's really interesting. Like since I've been doing this podcast, I've just connected with so many high level investors doing huge volumes. They have huge visions. They have their, their mindset is just so big. They have no limits, you know, and yeah. uh, I just, I just love that. So yeah. anyway. Well, I hope to see you there. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if I'm not there, let's, let's meet up. Shoot. Okay. Get in touch with me like the week before. Like I said, I'm usually like figuring things out like the day before. So, <laughs> all right, <laughs> so I'll man, fit sounds it in. good. <laughs> all right, Joe. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Woo, doggy. Is that good stuff or what? I, Kale, if you are listening, which you are, because I will tell you to listen and you listen anyway, just go and do, listen to what Joe says and go and do it and buy us some more houses. Okay. You can check out all the show notes at com slash episode 39 and uh, feel free to leave any questions or comments. Quick announcements before we go. We have just surpassed 
a hundred thousand downloads of the Housewing HQ podcast. Woo woo! I need some kind of like cool clapping sound. But anyway, just wanted to thank everyone for listening in. It's been a fun journey, um, and we're just we keep growing. Every show we have more downloads than we did uh, the the week before. So. Thanks, guys. Uh, Keep it coming. Keep spreading the love. Keep letting people know about the show. And we really appreciate the support. Next week, I will be interviewing my broski, Stephen Williams, who you all heard in episode 28. This will be the first time I'm bringing someone on the show for the second time. As you guys know, in episode 28, I interviewed Stephen and he just quit his job like a few days ago and I was just amazed at all the action he was taking so it was kind of like a combination of me coaching him and him taking some action Uh, since then he's joined the mastermind group and I'm very happy to announce that yesterday he received his first check or deposit I should say for 10 grand so only a couple months later and this guy's taking some crazy action he was able to get paid $10,000 and it's life-changing for him so we're going to bring him back on and I'm going to be asking him you know, what he's been doing, how he's done it, and maybe do a little more coaching, kind of like what's going on now, what's from here type thing. So love it. I love bringing on these experts who know all this stuff that have been doing this business for years. And I love bringing on people who are doing it right now and just getting started because I know that's where a lot of you guys are at. So anyway, keep things rocking, guys. Um, you're awesome. You're awesome. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You can do anything you want. And we will see you on the flip side. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your your ultimate house flipping resource. For intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at HouseFlippingHQ.com HouseFlippingHQ.com